Because, like, you know, when I was 18, I, I had this whole list of what I was going to accomplish by the time I was 28. So I was going to be married, have a six-figure job, like, first home, all of this. When I turned 27, I was broke, sleeping on a couch, <laughs> had no money in the bank at all. And I was just trying to start like, the website that people all came to know as NicoleBitchy.com. But, like, I, I remember questioning, what did I just do with, what, 10 years of my life? Hey, it's your girl, Nicole Kane, the founder of ExoNicole.com. Welcome to the ExoNicole Happy Hour Podcast. (laughs) We are doing this podcast because, well, first of all, we named it Happy Hour because it's it's supposed to be a vibe, like a midweek vibe. You get up with your girls, you have a drink, and you, you talk about things in life. And that's the vibe of X and Nicole, right? Yeah, right. it's a vibe. We got our wine. We got our, our well, they're plastic cups. But we do have our rosé. Mm-hmm. We're fancy. <laughs> I got mocktails because you already know. <laughs> Watch my calories. <laughs> Let, I would like my host to introduce themselves. You ready, Sheridan? No, I'm not. Can you go first? Oh, sure. <laughs> <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Amber Marie Woods, but Amber, not Amber, not A Marie, not Anna Marie, Amber, A M E R. Um, I am a South Carolina native. I am 34 years old. I am a single mom to an amazing 10 year old son. Um, so, what's going on in my life right now? Let's see. By trade, I am a neurophysiologist. However, I'm in a slight little bit of a transition. So, right now, I don't do nothing. Well, I'm doing this podcast so that's been an interesting time in my life I'm excited for the podcast I love to talk I especially love to talk shit so um I can't wait how about you Sheridan okay so I don't know how I'm gonna follow that up um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Sheridan Garrett and I'm the managing editor of excellentnicole.com I go by Sheridan Chanel it's my pen name and you might catch my stories circulating around the internet where I'm talking about sex a lot about sex. I love talking about sex. I love talking about dicks, vaginas. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, I'm 28 years old. I am a college dropout. Um, but somehow I got the dream job of my life, and I feel honored and blessed to be here with these wonderful women. Sheridan started working for the website when she was 23. Were you 23? I think I was 24. Oh, 24. well, she was 24. And she used to actually write under her real last name, like first and last name. And I used to be like, like, y'all don't understand. These stories were wild, like wild sex stories. My mind, and she was, so unap- <laughs> she was so unapologetic with her sex life and all the like things that were going on in her sex life. But that's why I know like you're crossing over into this womanhood thing. Like, you know how like when you were, you're young and you fall, you get back up and you try it again. But as you get older, you get more scared or more like you hold back. And so when she changed her pen name, to- <laughs> I had to. So oh. these women were vicious as well. Like <laughs> she changed her pen name. I'm like, okay, she's crossing over into the like, okay, like I, there's some things I need to keep to myself. I don't want that out on the internet type thing. Right. Like, so it's right. almost like I'm seeing her evolving into this woman right in front of my eyes. And now she's like, how old? I'm 28. 28. So, you know, she's been stuck with me for like four years. But it's Not been stuck, honored, and blessed. Oh, oh thanks. Thanks. See, <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Look at God. Yeah. <laughs> 
So this week, I feel like I'm being known now for transition or evolution, like <laughs> or, or master pivoting. Yeah, pivoting, yeah. life pivot. You know, mm-hmm. because I've made a huge uh, change in my career. You know, being a celebrity gossip blogger for seven years, and then deciding the height of my career that I wanted to move on to something more purposeful and launching an empowerment platform. And so I think people always reaching out to me like. What's so beautiful right now is that I'm seeing everyone go through a transition. And I feel like when I was in my 20s, I didn't see people like these, these like life pivots like this. Like whatever you, you know, did in your 20s, you were doing in your 30s. Who you dated in your 20s, you married in your 30s, you kept it moving. But people are like not settling for mediocre lives anymore. But this girl reached out to me on Twitter and she goes, um, I am living in the last days of my 20s. Part of me feels like the walls are caving in, and the other part of me is curious about what lies ahead. Any advice on how to navigate my emotions? Mm. Mm, I remember that time really well. Um, I'm there. I definitely. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. 28, right? Yeah. Right. I think for me, I was definitely. I was going through a lot. So I was coming out of a relationship where it was a domestic violence situation. I was in it for like five years and no one knew. My family didn't know, like nobody knew about it. And towards like around that 2930 pivot, he had actually moved out of the house that we were in together. But even my family would come and visit and he would come to the house then because I didn't want anyone to know. And so I had made a decision I, well, I was in some prayer and I was like, look, Lord, like some guy changed. Like, I don't know what to do and I can't do it. And I distinctly remember hearing a voice say, I can give you everything you want, but you have to get rid of him. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Somebody, (laughs) Lord, was that you? And so I just was, I came up with a whole plan to just like remove myself from that situation and I said by 30 I would not be in this relationship anymore and I would not ever be in a relationship like this ever again and so you know career was going well I was raising my son all of these things it was just that one thing was just dragging me to hell and right before I turned 30 probably what I turned 30 in September 16th um in August I broke up with him and that was it like and then life started happening things well It crashed first and it had to because I had to learn the lessons that I was not learning before. So I needed to reflect, but it reflected in my face like a like high beams. Okay, so I definitely went through a a bit of depression, some weird dating scenarios, but I found my therapist and I've been with her ever since. And so I had to go through that moment of like trying to just undress those layers and and feel that pain because I was just moving through time when I was with him so that pivot that 30 pivot is real like I mean I've seen every one of my friends go even my friends who are turning 30 now they all go through like I I can't go into the next decade of life this way so what I mean what's happening in your life I think for me I'm realizing that I'm experiencing a lot of this small talk questioning of like so what's next? Almost as if what I'm doing or where I am right now isn't enough or it's not good enough. And so I feel like I'm doing a lot of questioning and feeling a lot of self-doubt and um, just feeling like I'm an imposter almost because it's like I have this amazing career opportunity and it feels great to be here. And But it's, and it's like in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, yeah, but you're supposed to want more. You're supposed to want bigger. So what is that? Like, what is that next step? 
And so I feel like I've been struggling, like even in my conversations with like like-minded women to find my footing in where I'm supposed to be, I guess. And I think it's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of self-doubt as well. Um, for me, I didn't have so much trouble with trying to navigate relationships as much because I've always felt kind of self-aware and self-assured in that aspect. Even if the guy wasn't the guy, I could kind of like feel confident about leaving and doing what I need to do to find someone better. But like when it comes to jobs or I guess money, like things like that is where I feel like the most insecure about, I think, in my life. I just, there's just so many expectations yes. for money at 30. <laughs> and I'm like, my God, like, do, do you even know what you're doing with what you got right now? You no. know what I mean? <laughs> you, I mean, not even just for you, but just in, uh-huh. in general. Like, I think people get hung up. I got so hung up on, I had to make six figures mm-hmm. before I turned 25. And I did. And I remember my homegirl sitting down and telling me, she said, because she was my age and she had already hit it. And she was like, it's no, it's not that much different than like 60 or 70,000. And I was like, nah, girl, whatever. <laughs> and so, and when I hit it, she was right. And you know, that tax back bracket changes. Oh, girl. My God. Okay. <laughs> Get you a tax accountant or somebody. Okay. So, and I was just like, a lot didn't change for me in that aspect. And so it was just kind of like, I did this and then now what? So I think you really have to define like what 30 is going to look like for you and really choose it. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what do you want life to look like? Because 30s are lit. That is interesting. And she said that, too, because I remember me and, you know, me and Sheridan, we bump heads sometimes because there's like a 12 year age difference. But I think I just came out of nowhere like, you know, where do you want to be in five years? (laughs) Because I don't think I ever asked you that. And I want you to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing my job to get you there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, well, I don't know. I mean, I think (laughs) I want your job. That's real. That's real. That's real. You want my job. You need to start coming in more. Yes. But, um, but yeah, it's funny because like, you know, when I was 18, I I had this whole list of what I was going to accomplish by the time I was 28. So I was going to be married, have a six-figure job, like first home, all of this. When I turned 27, I was broke, sleeping on a couch, (laughs) had no money in the bank at all. And I was just trying to start the website that people all came to know as NicoleBitchy.com. But like, I, I remember questioning, what did I just do with what 10 years of my life and I remember uh coming down to Atlanta like I was on 95 and I stopped at a friend's house and I had everything I owned in my car this little 1991 Honda and I go to her house and she's a dentist she has a three-bedroom home beautiful home whatever she's dating a doctor they they're talking marriage and she's everything that I guess I, I was supposed to be at that age and I like that's when I really felt like a failure like really felt like okay I'm doing this life thing all wrong but I've I've learned that I mean we all have different paths and even with you like whoever you may be talking to and it's it's like you know that's your path but that that might not be my path you know and people kind of push their expectations for your life on you yes I don't know (laughs) yes it's a thing you have to have some strong boundaries and that's why I'm telling you you have to choose yourself Mm -hmm. like you have to choose the things that make you happy and you have to choose like if I had it my way I probably would still be dancing ballet 
because that's what I was doing when I was younger and I wanted to do that and my mom told me she's like you'll never make any money like doing that and I was like <gasps> and now I'm like I could have been Misty Copeland uh, you so could've. you know <laughs> yeah but like that wasn't my reality then so well, well before we get in <laughs> to you, <laughs> we got a producer that's like you know kind of giving us the nut for topic of the day I did want to mention um someone sent me a dm you know, with all this talk about going from your 20s to your 30s. And she said, you should Google Saturn's return. It's a major life transition from the age of 27 to 34. So I'm guessing Sheridan is going through Saturn's return now. Um, yes. And it says, uh, what you need most comes into your life and what you do not need goes out. And while the experience is painful, it's almost always extremely liberating. For example, you might lose a rom- romantic relationship, which you did. That was not beneficial to your life path or personal growth, but you might gain a new opportunity in your career that fosters much needed independence, self-esteem and self-reliance. New people, friends and colleagues can come into your life with what seems like whirlwind of activity. Um, It also says wherever or however your Saturn return affects you, enjoy it. Remember that will only help your life. And if sometimes that means throwing out the rubbish, then so be it. And I like the end because it says that I think I sometimes think of Saturn as a kind of loving bully, the cruel to be kind type. He picks up, turns, he picks us up, turns us upside down, and shakes everything out of our pocket. Stuff that stays is the stuff that is working. Everything else gets shaken loose. So I feel like I actually like neglected Saturn's return. That's why I stayed with my <laughs> my old site for so long. And then I turned thirty five, and that's when I was like, okay, that life shift gotta happen because I can't. I can't do the rest of my life like this. I mean, I definitely think I definitely went through it when I lost, when I got out of that relationship I was in right before I turned 30. But like for me, what was happening was like everything, I had been so successful, like school, getting a job, doing what I was doing. And then like in between that little stage right before I turned 30, I was trying to get into another master's program, do a bunch of stuff. And things just kept like slipping out of my grip. And I kept thinking like, First, I was mad at myself. Like, I thought I had done something. And then I was like, this isn't me. This is the universe. Like, and I'm not supposed to have these things. So let me just stop. And then what I'm supposed to have will come to me. But I had to get rid of all the junk first, like she said. And I, I wish I would have known about the Saturn's return, my God, because that yeah. would have saved me so <laughs> it much. Makes, it makes a lot of sense. And then you're like, okay, I'm going through Saturn's return. Like, he's taking things out. Things are coming in. There's a shift. But when you don't know what's going on, like so you're 34 mm-hmm. and like you said you don't got no job that's new it's very new <laughs> uh, what happened like why don't you like what because Amber, you've had a six-figure job since you were 20 Four. 24 mm-hmm. so most of your life like most of your 20s like you you got there pretty quickly mm-hmm. to kind of back up i i got there quickly because i got pregnant when i was like right out of college and i'm and i knew i was gonna have to raise him pretty much as the main provider i'm not the sole provider his father is around but i knew that i needed i wanted him to have a type of lifestyle that i had and so like i clawed my way to the top like i was fighting to get to where i needed to be and i didn't want anyone to ever say like you know because she had this kid she wasn't able to do all these things or whatever and i was like no that's just not true so anyways i did have this job i was a neurophysiologist i still am a neurophysiologist but i worked in that field for 10 years and i don't know like three years ago something was just like tugging on me like "Mm, 
this ain't it no more. So I had Saturn's to return came around but again, though. But again, so it came for me before I turned 30. And then and then maybe I was going through a transition to right up after I turned 30 because I was 31 when this started happening. And I was just like, this is just not for me anymore. Like, I'm not finding any joy in this. Like, I can't get ahead. Like, I, I was trying new avenues, trying to go into different departments, trying to go to different trainings. And I was like, I just this is boring to me. So I felt like the creativity was inside of me rattling around trying to like beat its way out and I was like I have to find a way to like put like something beautiful into the world or like create or whatever and so in the midst of that I started traveling and I was finding a lot of joy in traveling and like and then reconnecting back with myself because I was still dealing with coming out of a situation where I was basically getting beat up like a lot. And so I had to connect back to the woman that I was before that because it had gotten interrupted. And with traveling, it just opened me up to like all these different things. I was able to discover new places. I was able to rely on myself, trust myself. Traveling alone will do that. Solo travel will make you trust yourself, trust your instincts, trust everything that you know. And that just really drew me back in. And I remember I went on a group trip. I met 20 amazing women. And I remember sitting on the plane home from that trip. It was to Cuba and thinking like, you belong with these women like you belong right where you're supposed to be you are everything that you thought you were you are enough you are smart you are capable you can do all of these things you just need to go and I was like all right cool that's what I'm gonna do fast forward into my job it just started I just started getting annoyed every day like every day I, I remember tweeting out like uh, this is the first day I felt like I want to quit my job. And now I they saw I, all that tweet. Look, they're fired. Look, look, <laughs> people do not let me forget that freaking tweet. But anyways, yeah, like I said it and it just was the beginning of me speaking it into the universe and allowing the universe to do what it was going to do. And that's just what happened. And like I went into work, what, like January of this year. And I remember telling my reps and telling my boss, I said, you got 365 days and I'm out of here. And they were just like, just let us know beforehand or whatever. And then like, I just slowly kind of started tapering back from like, I was doing my job. I was doing patient care, obviously. But I started tapering back from doing all the extra stuff. And I started focusing more on travel, writing, networking, and doing some other things um, and trying to set myself up for when I did plan to leave. And about three weeks before I got my termination notice, um, I was on the phone with my older sister and I remember telling her, I was like, I have all these dope opportunities that have presented themselves. I just don't have time to get to them because work's in the way. And I knew when I said it, like something shifted in me and I was like, ooh, mm, I'm going to pay for that one. Like, you know, and then three weeks later, they hit me up and they were like, so we're going to go in a different direction. And I was like, oh, um, OK, well, all right. And so I left. And ever since then, I've just been I've been chilling. I don't have a plan. I don't want a plan. Then this was uh, what? When was this? What? Month this was, was this? May. This was May. So it's what October now. That's June, July. It's August. about five months. Yeah. Just, I'm trying to press. You must have a, a hell of a savings. So what I had was uh, some like that. I had my 401k. So I had to touch into that a little bit. But you know, I have a good family system. I had made sure that I paid my car off. Um, I paid down a lot of debt. I cut back on a lot of things that I didn't need and then just refocused some funds into the things that I knew that I wanted to continue to do. And so I was just like, if I can stay out until December then and, and have time for myself to figure it out, then that's just what I'm going to 
do. So we're still pushing ahead. <laughs> we still on that plan. Everyone's like listening like I wish I could throw the deuces, but then just figure it out for a while. Yeah. If it, w- if it didn't happen that way, it wouldn't have never happened um, because I, I'm controlling. So if I would have tried to control it, I would have I would have fucked it up. Like so, it was just like it had to happen that way. And even I had a, a moment of falter where I was like, oh, because I was thinking I was gonna quit May twenty twenty. I was like, oh, I'll push till December twenty twenty. And the Lord was like, nope, there you go, bloop, we're out of there. You can't do that. So I was like, all right, cool. We're just gonna keep pushing then. So I mean, it happened the way it happened, and it's funny because the day I got terminated was the same day that my future in essence came out. And that's when I was like, all right, Lord, we here. Show me the way. Like, we just got to keep going. So I just, I didn't have a sense of fear when it happened. And I think that freaked people out because their thing was, what are you going to do? How are you going to get money? How are you going to do And I'm like, I am traumatized from doing this for 10 years. Doing healthcare work is a lot. Working in the OR is a lot. Um, Watching people not come out the same way they went in is a lot. So I was like, I don't have a plan. I don't want a plan right now. Like, I'm cool. Like, it's been it's been interesting because I've been more in touch with, like, time and space. I took my son to school this year. He's in fifth grade. And I we, we woke up that morning. We weren't in a rush. We I brushed his hair. We brushed teeth. We did all our things. Got in the car. Had a conversation. We ate breakfast. And then he got out of the car. And I just started crying because that was the first time I ever felt like a mom. He's 10. Yeah. But I was always in a rush to get to the hospital for other patients, for other people. And then that's when I realized, like, I've missed all these moments. And so now I have this time. So I have to make the most of whatever this time is going to be. So I don't have time to be sad about it or be depressed or whatever. I have time with my son now. So it's been interesting. It's been an interesting space for sure. So I feel like it's like a back and forth. Like some days I feel like things are awesome. And some days I'm like, oh, wow, my life is in shambles. But I feel like when I compare it to where I was, like even two, three years ago, like I'm in a much better place. So I try to keep that in perspective because two, three years ago, I was getting laid off from this call center job that I had and I didn't really want this job, but not to to mention (laughs) when I offered Sheridan the job, a managing editor at Exo Nicole, I think she was on a bus. Yes, I was gonna say that. Yes, I was gonna say that. She was on a bus, like you know, a bus route. The commute was an hour and a half. It was two hours. Yes, you. I'm sorry. Hold on. Wait a minute. Please pause. Okay, you you were taking an hour and a half bus ride to get to the call center. No, this is a different job. That was a job with this digital advertising agency in Midtown or whatever. But I was living with my mom at the time because I got laid off from the previous job and I kind of needed to rebuild. And I had an abortion at the time. So I really wanted to go home and like heal myself because I made that tough decision. And I was just like, "Mm, I don't feel like being by myself or trying to make life work right now. And my mom kind of offered the opportunity for me to go back. So I was like, okay, mom, I'm going to let you be a mom and I'm going to be your daughter. And yes, I'm going to stay with you. So I did that for a couple of years. And in the process, I got the job at the digital advertising agency. And I thought it was promising. And there was like potential to like go full time and help this man with his company. But then I realized over time that me and my coworker were just glorified personal assistants, I felt. And <laughs> she was okay with that. So you she was cool dope. with that. Yes. Got <laughs> she it. was cool with that. But I was like, Amanda, I don't 
don't like that I'm here every day putting in work and we're not doing nothing for real. Like I could be at home. I could be doing Exo Nicole work because I was working with Exo Nicole still. And I was still definitely doing edits, you know, on the computer while in, in the interim of doing work because we really only had two assignments a day. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so one day Nicole calls me and this is after, you know, the acquisition with Will. And I'm on the bus and I think she asked me something like, where are you now? And I was like, I'm on the bus, you know, I'll, I'll be home in a couple of hours though. And I can get to whatever she needed me to do. And she was like, two hours. <laughs> and I was like, that was, that was the best like impression of her. Thank you for that. Sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she was like, you do that every day. And I was like, yeah, to and from, cause I got to get back to Lithonia, you know? And she was like, oh, wow, like, you like what you do? And I was like, no. <laughs> and and um, she was like, let me figure something out, okay? And I, I'm going to get back to you. And I was like, okay. And lo and behold, she presented something to me. She presented a full-time opportunity as senior editor. And in the interim of us uh, not having funding for Exxon Nicole, I was kind of doing editing anyway, and I was also helping her with her site too. Um, so it wasn't foreign to me at all it was like okay this is what you've been doing but you're getting paid for it so I was like cool so it's kind of like my passion and my purpose were like finally aligning and I kind of felt like okay this, this is awesome like God is speaking to me this is what I've always felt like I've been put on the earth to do which is right and now this opportunity is being presented so who am I not to take it and she told me to do a two weeks notice but I was like girl I'm not coming not, back after lunch. I do not Goodbye. <laughs> so I quit the next day. She was like, you quit? I was like, yes. Like, I don't care about this job. Like, <laughs> so, uh, the rest was history. I think like a month later, I got my position evolved again and I was managing editor. And that was cool because I was technically being managing editor anyway, mm -hmm. just I didn't have the title. So yeah. It was cool. I, like you guys were talking about Saturn's return. I kind of feel like Saturn's return like presented more things to me because I had already had things taken away prior to 27. But I think losing or leaving my situationship that lasted a few years too long definitely did kind of allow for things to segue into my life the way that I think it needed to. But isn't it always a story? Like after like the worst <laughs> relationship you've ever had. It ain't a story with me, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, did you say the same? Oh, oh, that's why I've been single for so long. I I, I don't have time. I will, I will say it's crazy because I'm just like hearing, you know, you guys going through your ebbs and flows, whatever. But it's I was just talking. I think I was talking to Till today about like, you know, people knew about the transition in terms of me leaving my gossip site. You know, then damn near going broke trying to get X on the call off the ground. And I, I want to clarify this going broke thing because when you got a vision, mm -hmm. like sometimes you can't wait around for other people money for your vision to pop off. Put it out. Hello. And for me, I felt so strongly about this site and what I wanted to build that I was willing to go broke mm -hmm. to ensure that it happened. So I launched every like I launched a site about six weeks after I closed my former gossip site, and I paid everybody from my own bank account. So yes, she did. Everybody, <laughs> y'all was getting paid on time. Yes, we were. You know, <laughs> the well kind of ran dry eventually, 
And it's funny because there's a football player by the name of Ariane Foster, and he ended up um, letting me borrow $100,000, six figures, mm-hmm. when the money ran out. But I still now I'm in a hole. Like I don't like borrowing from people. And then I borrowed from my business manager. Then I was borrowing from a salesperson. Now I'm like two hundred thousand in the hole. Like, um, <laughs> so when I spoke about almost going broke, that's that's me using my money to paint the vision and and hoping God. Like I know you didn't bring me this far to 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 let me fail. And thank God, like, you know, Will came through. <laughs> Will came through like a thief in the night. Like, he did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to get back to people know that story because I did a, um, a, a YouTube video talking about it. And it's funny because that, that was the end of me sharing my life with people. Like the response to that video and the headlines and that it gave me PTSD. You know, like the cold bitchy from boss to broke, etc. It just. It made me not want to share myself with anyone. So that's uh, the reason why we're having this podcast now, because I'm trying to give myself a platform. But the story that people really don't know is just two years ago, because it's 2019. Right. So 2017, this is after I was living in Arizona for two and a half years. I went out there to kind of heal from that celebrity gossip space. Like, So I had a moment of like self-reflection, self-discovery. But when I really decided I want to wanted to fight for this brand, because it was at a point like when the money ran out, Sheridan and them was still kind of working for me without getting paid after a while. <laughs> but it came to a point where I was like, man, forget this site. Like, mm-hmm. and I started. I being remember resentful. that conversation. Yeah, remember, I, I <laughs> so remember being EXO site. Yes, I remember being <laughs> resentful. Like. I, you know, this has drained my bank account. Now I'm so far deep in the hole. I owe taxes. I'm six figure, you know, I borrowed from all these people because of this dream I had. Like, so I I started being very resentful of the website. And um, I feel like that's when you get tested, though. And that's what it was. Because it was. Well, I call it spirit. Spirit wants to test you because you say you want this thing and they're going to see if you really want it. And you got to pass that test because if you don't like that's it, you blew it. And for me, I felt like I was getting a lot of influencer opportunities. But I would get I would get this influencer money. But then I'm putting it back in the X on the call. So I felt like. The the stripper, uh, the you know, <laughs> the, the pimp, and the website was the pimp. Yeah. I'm turning <laughs> <my life. laughs> Every time I get a dollar, I got to pay somebody or something. So mm-hmm. I'm pissed at this point. So I definitely was like, by my birthday, um, I, I got to let this site go. I can't. And I think I went, Morgan Debon from Blavity invited me to speak at Empower Her. And it was the first time I had been in front of my audience since I, you know, I live in Arizona. Ain't nobody out there nobody no 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 cold bitch <laughs> so it was the first time i got in front of my the audience and the women were crying and just and it was in that moment i was like i gotta fight for my brand like this is bigger than me like the whole influencer thing and getting checks from all these brands and it's so and i don't want pe- people to take that the wrong way because <laughs> i can tell this can sound like shade but it's not for me i felt it was so just self um what is it like self centered self gratifying self like yeah, maybe it's just so yeah just, just selfish for me like x on the cold made me feel like i was working for something bigger than myself uh-huh. like i wasn't just taking money and oh i'm getting 5k from this brand or 10k to do this and then i'm just spending like x on the cold made me feel like i was working for something 
way bigger. So you than found myself. purpose, right? And that's what kept you driving forward, even in that moment of fuck it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what kind of kept us driving as well. Me and Ashley, <laughs> like even just yeah, seeing your passion yeah. for the site and the brand, like even during those dark times where we didn't know if we get paid or if the site wouldn't stay around. It was just like, okay, but we're still going to keep pushing social media posts. We're going to keep Yeah, they were going on the website and taking old posts and yeah. trying to make them current, changing mm-hmm. dates. And okay, they're doing all this stuff. We repurposed that content. They were repurposing okay. the content. Like, <laughs> and so uh, during that time, Will had already started like kind of like pursuing like in terms of trying to see where my head was at or whatever. But... I got back from Summit 21, and at the time, Will was presenting an opportunity for me to um, be an editor-in-chief of a site that would be like XO Nicole, like centered around women. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I already got this. I'm already halfway going broke. Might as well try to go to the finish line, you know. Like, So I got back from Summit 21, and I told the girls there in the audience, I said, when I get home, I'm selling everything. Like, cause I know that whatever I get rid of, God is going to give it back to me mm-hmm. tenfold. So I went back to Arizona. I put everything on, uh, like I put everything on Craigslist. I donated most of my stuff. And this is stuff that I accumulated during the Nicole Bitchy days. So it's expensive bags, shoes, dresses. Like I remember, I remember the guy from St. Jude's came to pick up the stuff and he called me afterwards. Like, hey, are you sure? I got a girlfriend. Like, <laughs> <and> I- <laughs> Can I come by on Sunday and get like somebody? You you sure you want to give this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like and then I and I mean the last thing I did was um, a car that had been on my vision board uh, forever. You know that I had bought. I drove it up to CarMax and got a check for it. You know, turned it in, got a check for it, and I and I I had only enough stuff to take two suitcases to New York. But I feel like I stripped myself of like the old person. That was my last like step mm-hmm. to strip myself. But I feel like of you have to me. do that. You have it, to do that if you, you gonna can, punch forward. You, you can't can start anew. You 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 just holding on to dead weight. So and dead skin. You gotta evolve. <laughs> no, I, I, I <laughs> moved. <laughs> I moved to New York. This is now. This is July 2017, mm-hmm. and I had these two suitcases. I rented a room from this girl for like six hundred dollars, and it's like in a Harlem apartment. It has like two or three other rooms. Like, we're renting a room, so you have other roommates. But it was a rotating door roommates. Like, I didn't know who was going to be in the room next to me when I came home. Like, there's Calvin Klein models and Broadway dancers, and it's always Ooh. something. And then most of the time, they <laughs> most of the time, they would have a boyfriend or girlfriend, so it, the, the the roommates doubled. So now, instead of having two or three, you got six. Cause, oh, my. <laughs> you, you know, so it was like, and I remember, like, what would people say if they knew like me nicole bitchy who had this huge website that had like you know all this like you know traveling around the world with rihanna the money the the fame is living in this harlem room for like six hundred (laughs) dollars and i remember stepping outside the first day i had moved in and i'm i'm standing outside and i some like as soon as i stepped outside a car pulled up and i heard nicole and I was like, damn. damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought New York was big. Like, I could at least lay low. But damn, I stepped outside my house and, like, somebody noticed me already. And um, it was this girl named Shekinah. I had did work Shekinah! with her. <laughs> but I had did work with her, like, two or three years ago. They had hired me for something. Um, and I'm like, hey, girl. 
Like, you know? <laughs> and then, like, I did, the next day I stepped out my house and it happened again. Nicole! And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the third day I went into a restaurant and there she was again with her child. And I, and I was like, okay, God. Like, <laughs> this is weird that I keep running into the same person. But I tell this story, one, because like that was a very challenging time in my life. And I remember I started setting intentions because a guy that I used to know, he told me about intention setting where every morning you wake up and you write down how you want your life to go before you even get out of bed. So... I would write, you know, if you, uh, I, I remember the day I wrote, I will be presented with a huge opportunity. That was the day Will called. I'm like, oh, this thing is powerful. <laughs> and let me put where I want to live. Like, you know? <laughs> and I did. I started writing out where I wanted to live. Like, I, I wrote down the building, the block, the everything. And I moved into that building, like, a month later. The money I wanted to make, like, and I negotiated that, and I got it. It, it was, it was. I need to take like some I'm notes. That, okay. Manifestation. that thing. It, it's so real. But you got to put it on that paper. I kept running into this girl, and she's now like my right hand man. She is like a very important piece of EXO Nicole. Like I feel like a lot of the things that people have seen me do this year, whether it's launching events, she has single handedly helped me make it happen. Like. Like getting out there, rolling up her sleeves and, and helping with the sponsors. I knew nothing. When I had the Nicole Bitchy site, I paid for everything out of pocket. Everything. Like we went to a award show, I paid for out of pocket. So now being in a space where not only having an acquisition and resources to hire people, but also having sponsorships and brands to help us do these events and have these, you know, in-person experiences. It's just everything. But that was just two years ago. And it just shows you right. how life can just change, mm-hmm. you know, like change, especially when you get your mind right. Like you got to get out of that bed. You can't, you can't be in a fetal position every day. You got to get out of bed and be like, okay, this is what's going to happen in my life. Yes. I'm a boss ass bitch. You, all that. All I that, mean, no, but really that, you, have, you have to have that mindset. Yes. Cause even now, like, yeah, I'm not working. I don't get my check no more, but my mindset is still six figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure I'm is. still you a six always said, figure yes. bitch. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you, she always said, don't get it twisted. I'm I can still a neurosurgeon. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a neurophysicist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a neurophysiologist. I'm still bad. Like, yeah, but it takes a minute though because sometimes you got to check yourself because like life will come up to you real quick and be like are, are you sure you who you are you know what i'm saying you have to sit you have to stand in that even people's questions the conversation now for me when people ask me what do i do i'm always like nothing <laughs> and then like i'm watching them squirm trying to like figure out what the hell does that mean and then i realize like that question and my answer isn't even about me. It's about them and them trying to figure out their proximity to me and what that means for them. Yeah. I'm cool over here. Like, yeah. and I don't have to tell you what's going on. I don't even have to have an answer, but people feel very uncomfortable about that. But I'm secure in the fact that like, I'm a mom. I, I, I am who I am. You know what I'm saying? And like, I can do what I want to do right now. Can you say the same? Probably yeah. not. See, but I think a lot of us in, are defined by what we do as well. I was about Which, to that's say that. Identity. That be my it's an identity own. problem. Like, when I left my celebrity gossip site, like, I just, I had no idea who I was. I let that define my entire life and who I, you know. So now, like, 
I'm glad I went to Arizona because I, I learned who I was to without all the titles, without the money, without everything. Like you gotta have that that core, that base first, mm-hmm. the foundation before you go out in the world and you get the jobs and the money and all that other stuff. People really tie themselves to the job that they do every day. Oh hell yeah. And it's like that is not who you are it's a thing that you do yes but it is not who you are and so you get confused when that thing gets taken away from you because now you got you've been torn back to the studs because you didn't really have a lot there in the first place that one thing just changed everything for you what are are you kind are you a happy person do you like to tell jokes like what are the other things about you that are interesting and that was one thing I actually did learn when I was in the OR like all these docs they would never talk to me they would always talk around me of course I was the only black girl in there all the time so they would never talk to me. And then I was like, I don't really have anything to talk about. It's not that I'm the only black girl. It's like, I don't have shit to talk about. <laughs> like, so then that's when I like, was like, I think I'll read some books and travel and, 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 and get right. altered. I did all of that. And I was just like, I'm really in like, and people might take this the wrong way. Don't care. But I was not interesting. And it was because I had tied my whole life to that relationship that I was in before. And I had like, like dumb myself down like I wasn't doing my hair I wasn't dressing the same I wasn't going the same places because of what I was in so I had to go out and then start really finding out the things that I like and I did I started traveling I read like 60 books in one year girl I can read you quotes for life (laughs) do you understand so like you know what I'm saying but you have to figure out those things that make you 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 know I agree and that's funny because when you find out who you are and like you now you're like you will attract a whole different type of person and you're like that's why I tell myself I am so glad I have not I did not date when I was I I like to call it um, vibrating at a low frequency Because, and, and I'm glad I didn't meet who I thought was my soulmate and get married and, and then I was stuck with them because I would probably, <laughs> not stuck, 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 not stuck, stuck. but I would have probably out, would have been miserable because that's not who you are. Yeah, now I'm a totally different person. And so who I attract, the, the people I attract now are totally different. I think so that's a struggle for me now because being a neurophysiologist or whatever situation is working in healthcare or working in a job where people assume that you make a lot of money like men approach you very differently and now that that's been taken away I've noticed that they're approaching me completely opposite than the way that they were before however for me I'm like is it responsible for me to be dating at a time when I know I'm not bringing in no money like I got a little bit debt Uh, my credit it ain't where it's supposed to be you know what I, you know hey, what i'm saying people it, get mad at me because i tell people don't be dating when you broke but, but, I, but, I say, but i'm gonna tell you why i say that i'm gonna tell you why i say that when you broke again you're vibrating at a low frequency yeah. because you're questioning a lot of things and so your your perception of things is a little like, warped define broke though Bro- like, broke you ain't bringing in no money sheridan because you i have broke. money but i feel broke constantly <laughs> So, but like, you know that that's a mindset my, change. You need a mindset yeah, change. See, where am I nice to have? You so. see, you need a mindset change. I see, I'm actually change. broke, okay. but I have a six figure <laughs> mind. So you can't you tell me I'm not it. Okay. So you need a mindset change. But for me, that's I'm a, thinking like if I'm joining households with somebody or really trying to like financially plan with a person, is it responsible for me to do but that now? My credit score is hit hit. 
So, <laughs> oh, see, and that's a whole girl, nother conversation. It's that's on a, my ass. So, <laughs> therefore, so I, I'm not supposed to date. And, and so now well, the thing is, uh, I'm dating. Well, the thing is, you know, we're in a totally. <laughs> but first of all, I, I'm going to let you get away with that because you are in your 20s. Okay. And you can, okay, see, you can date, <laughs> you can date busters and bust hey, girls uh, in your 20s. Oh like, okay. Okay. So when you get into your life. <laughs> Why well, can't have a king on the throne? What's up? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> What's up? I'm just saying. We when don't you want get no into your clearing to your 30s and hitting them 40s. Like you don't get just, time for the buses. You know we, why? Because you old and you need to go to sleep. And the bus time right, right now. They're trying to, they're trying they're trying to, to send you, uh, you up text Girl. at 11. No. 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 I will respond at 530 a.m. I have an auto response. I'm in the bed. <laughs> I am in the bed. Okay. You don't have time for Girl, the busters. My okay? do not disturb is on. So right. they don't even get if a my vagina is wanting something, I might say what's up. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Please check the number and dial again. That's a wrap on this episode of X and Nicole's Happy Hour Podcast. We did it, guys! (laughs) In this episode, we talked about life shifts and transitions. This is a loaded topic because as we grow and evolve, we're always learning more about ourselves, our boundaries, our likes and dislikes. And, you know, we picked this topic because there's so many of our readers, so many of our listeners that are... In their late 20s, they're crossing over to their 30s, and they're feeling like they, they're not where they're supposed to be. So um, I just want you guys to know it's it's okay. Life is just now getting started, honey, because like she said earlier, 30s are lit. And this is the opportunity to find how your life should be for yourself, not with all these expectations that other people put on you. So think about the fact that success is honestly being better than you were the year before. If you're loving what you're hearing so far, please drop us a rating and review us on iTunes and show us some love on our Instagram at XONicole and XOHappyHour. And as always, check out XONicole.com for all other updates.